Tandem Nomads, episode 180. When it comes to creating your own content for Instagram is that you have to be consistent, not just because, not just uh, with how often you post, but actually with the kind of content you come up with. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. One of the ways to grow a successful portable business online it is to be present on social media. And today I want to talk specifically about Instagram. I have grown to really love Instagram because I found it such a great place to connect with your audience in a meaningful and authentic way. However, it also depends on what kind of industry you are on. You need to really make sure that your audience is on Instagram. If it's the case, I brought to you today a great guest to share with you some great tips on how to grow your following and your engagement on Instagram. So I want to welcome Caroline Malazik. Carol, are you ready for this ride? Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So Nomad Nation, Carol is half Danish and half Filipino. She grew up in the Philippines where she used to be an international relations TV reporter before she met her husband and became a diplomat's wife. Due to the conflict of interest and the nature of her husband's job, Carol shifted her area of focus to multimedia lifestyle and turned to freelance journalism. Carol also launched a blog called Almost Diplomatic, where she writes about how one can live a life without breaking the bank. It's also where she shares her travels and her daily adventures as a lifestyle journalist and a diplomat's wife. Carol is a savvy user of video content and is very active on Instagram, where she has over 11,000 followers at the time of this recording. So thank you so much for being on the show. What an impressive journey you have had. I really was so, so happy to meet you, Carol, because there's so many things about your story that can, that our listeners can really relate to. The fact that you are a diplomatic spouse, lived on the move, and had to give up a little bit your career or make a yeah. shift <laughs> to be able to adapt to this lifestyle, and then started your platform to, to be able to continue to build your own source of fulfillment and financial independence. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited and very happy <laughs> just to be here and talking to you, like, you know, having friends in this life that we have. And even though we're far away, this is something that actually truly connects us. So thank you so much for having me. My true pleasure. And, you know, we have met through Instagram and I just yes. realized now <laughs> yeah. that we actually met through Instagram. So it really mm -hmm. speaks highly about how, um, how powerful Instagram can be can be to build powerful and authentic relationships. And from the moment mm -hmm. we, we, we talked on Instagram and then we hopped on a call just to know each other, yeah. it was an instant click. And I was really, really excited to get to, to know you and everything. So uh, you have such a fascinating journey. <laughs> Thank but you. I, I do think that Instagram is an amazing place to build these relationships. And I, want, I wanted totally. to bring you here because you mm -hmm. so, you're so good at that. And you've been doing an amazing job on Instagram. Thank you. But, you know, 
one of the things that I learned from one of my former bosses, because right after I left my TV career, I went into an online news platform, which was still very new in the Philippines back then. And I became their lifestyle journalist right before we left for our posting. And one of the things that my uh, former boss used to say is that your social network uh, on the internet is actually, so your digital social network is your personal social network on steroids. So it just basically means that it's your real friends, sort of, but at the end of the day, it transcends uh, the time difference and also your physical distance. So this is something that I always have in my mind, especially when people are saying like, oh, uh, the internet uh, is so-and-so, or they have something negative to say about it. But for me, it's like, it's always how you use it. So that is also, I'm a big fan of social media. Oh my God. I'm yeah. nodding and smiling and amen <laughs> to that. I think we, yes. we, we can wrap this episode. That's exactly what I want to <laughs> just focus the whole message here. Yeah. So I do insist a lot with a lot of my clients and, and listeners who feel very hesitant with social media and connecting with people online, thinking that that's not necessarily authentic and yeah. realizing that it's a mindset shift that we need to have to mm -hmm. realize that not only you can build authentic relationships online, but on top of it, it actually expands your opportunities to For connect sure. with people. Exactly. Because with the globalized world and with the internet, which just brings everything at our fingertips, it would be so unwise not to like really harness its power and to be able to reach more people, especially if you're someone with a business or if you're a content creator like me, you would definitely want to reach more people. And of course, the internet is the way to do it. And while traditional media is still something that I believe will last a long time, print is definitely not dead, uh, TV and all of these. But of course, there is a big space for the internet and it's always better to just be present as much as you can like in each channel. If you can, why not, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm yeah. thinking about something, knowing that your background is from journalism, I was wondering, I had the time where I had the feeling, I think things might have changed now, but that mm. journalists were very, very resistant to social media because it was almost competition. And mm. uh, I wonder what's your thought about that and what transition did you have to do in terms of identity from going yeah. from this known reporter on TV in the Philippines, people knew mm. you and you were on the TV all the time to have to mm. go to the, you know, to, to a more, a much different industry. Mm -hmm. How did you yeah. feel about that? Well, I know that there was a time when, of course, it was very, it's, it's something new. And I think it's very understandable when there is something new, people are always like trying to wrap their head around what this new thing is. Basically, the internet and having bloggers, content creators, it democratized the way information is shared. And of course, at the end of the day, the media used to be like the gatekeeper of information. So... There was a time when I would hear like some comments, even when I was still like a TV journalist from other people. And it also took me some time to wrap my head around like, what is a blogger? Like, how is a blogger different from, from a journalist? And like, are they even, are we even doing the same thing? So they are, there is still a difference. Of course, uh, there will be, there is still a difference, but at the end of the day, um, I think there is room for everybody on this on this whole thing like when sharing information and always comes down 
to people who are trying to consume the information where they want to get their information. And yeah, I guess it's not really a competition, but I'm a firm believer that they can go hand in hand. And as somebody who does both journalism and blogging, I think I'm one of the examples that they could actually go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I love <laughs> the fact that you're open minded and that what has opened for you a lot of opportunities. And we'll talk about that. What kind of opportunities are open for you? But before we go into that, I'd love to hear about your experience as a spouse from the moment you had to shift your career a little bit to adjust to the new lifestyle. How, mm -hmm. how was that experience for you? Well, so when I left my full-time career in the Philippines, so I was actually kind of excited moving to a new country. I said, okay, now finally I will have the time to read all the books, learn how to bike because I never knew how, <laughs> uh, and basically just, you know, uh, be a little bit more relaxed because of course, like when you have a TV career or even when I moved to the online news platform, like my days were long. I would normally sleep at midnight. I still dream about my job or the stories I need to cover the next day. So it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Journalism was always very stressful, uh, but I loved it. I loved it so much. I just know I couldn't let it go. So I was looking forward to some R&R, &R, but then three weeks into the posting, I realized I was bored. And Where was that, the first posting? We were in Kuala Lumpur for... Yeah, so we stayed there for two years and 10 months. And for the first three weeks after I decided to, you know, I've gone out, I've checked out the neighborhood and I said like, okay, I see all these things. I get so interested in our new neighborhood. I find out where the restaurants are or where the, uh, where the basically just trying to build a new life uh, in Kuala Lumpur. And I found it so interesting. And I wanted to share the experience to people. And I tried to tell my friends about it. But of course, like my friends got busy. A lot of them were also working full time. And of course, if I tell my family, then it also becomes repetitive. And sometimes it's just so hard to relate, especially when your friend is abroad. Uh, and you're, tell you're telling them, oh, now I have to look for uh, where do I get my internet? Like, how do I sign up for this? And these things were like so interesting to me, but I, I was having a hard time finding people to share this information with. And as a journalist, I was, I'm, I've always been somebody who just wants to tell people the things that I learned, just to share information that I pick up along the way. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started with Almost Diplomatic. Uh, I felt like, okay, um, since I'm not working as a journalist, why not, you know, try the blogger route? Like I've seen people do it and maybe I could inject something on the internet that could be of help to people who are also on the same boat. And that's how Almost Diplomatic started. And wow. in a way, I also saw it as something that it's like a friend of mine that basically I'm just telling everything to and I, I could bring that friend everywhere I go. So it also opened doors to meeting actual friends in the city we were currently in. So that's how it that's all began. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I love the story. And at what point did you, I mean, did you like shift to freelance journalism as well? Was it right away or was it progressive? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? So the funny thing was I was really focusing on the blog and then just writing about everything that I wanted to write about. So anything that I was interested in and anything that other expats would be interested in. So where to go, what to do, what to use on your face, because of course, when you move to another country, you don't have your usual products. So all these sorts of things. And suddenly I get emails from uh, different titles uh, asking me like, oh, would you like to write for us? And so that's how it started, not even knowing that I was a journalist. 
before I wow. started blogging. And also at the end of the day, I also didn't let go of my connections with uh, the titles that I used to work for. So especially the ones that are in the Philippines, I would still contribute every now and then. So, and still up to now, that's how I do it. It's not like my freelance life is extremely busy, but of course, every time I feel like there's a story that would interest the titles that I work for, all of them outside Germany, of course, because I can't work here. But what I do is I just send stories to them and yeah, that's how it works, especially that's in the amazing. Philippines. Yeah, they, they some of them are still interested, of course, with like stories about Filipinos who are abroad or you know uh, things that are going on at the embassy how our culture is being promoted abroad so some of them are interested and I send stories back home for that I love it I, I I really wanted to share a little bit of your background before we get into Instagram tips because sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that for, for Nomad Nation if you're listening what I'm trying to share here with Carol's story is how you know, once you have to give up your career and move to a country, how just starting by seeing a problem or just having an idea and start somewhere. If you, if you don't have a big plan, just start doing something. Start, like I always say, first and perfect later, how it can lead to other opportunities. For sure. And it's something that it's, you're interested in. Exactly. And yeah. I love how you did that. Mm -hmm. And then how did then Instagram come in? Okay, so the Instagram account used to be like if you scroll all the way down my Instagram account, you'll still see photos of me. I know back in 2012, 2011, wherein I was just using Instagram as something of a personal account, wherein I just share things, you know, some random thing I saw on the street or, you know, that random selfie. Uh, and then I started the blog and for the longest time, the blog used to be, of course, just my main thing and Instagram and any other social media was more of a support system around the blog. And it felt that way. Even when I started on YouTube, social media was still something that I was just using like my Instagram, my Facebook and my Twitter, all of them were just being used to drive traffic to my main um, content platforms, which is the blog and YouTube. Uh, but then I realized, I think in the last two years, so in a way, I'm also pretty late in realizing the power of Instagram. So in the last two years, I realized that it could actually be something that could stand on its own in a way, but still go hand in hand with the rest of my platforms. So I thought that maybe I should put more focus into it as well, because I cannot write every day for the blog. I cannot create a YouTube video every day because of course I am a one woman team at the end of the day. And Instagram felt like an easier way to share content and an easier way to stay in touch with Almost Diplomatic's audience. So I thought, okay, I should start really investing more time and effort into what I put out. And so far it worked really well. I think in the last two years, that's when Instagram, my Instagram account grew much more because for the longest time, like, I had like what, 4,000, 3,000 followers and I reached 11,000 when I decided to focus more on it. So I think it was a very rewarding shift. I still write for my blog, not as often. I still create YouTube videos, but I have to say that lately I put more time on Instagram because it also brings in like attention to the other things that I do. Yeah. I know a lot of people who've been on Instagram for years and didn't necessarily reach that number of following. So I would love to, I think that first tip, like making it a focus as mm -hmm. a main strategy 
is where it mm -hmm. starts at the end to start growing your, you know yeah. i always say if you want to build a marketing strategy you need to to figure out where is going to be your main focus and i think that's mm -hmm. the secret of growth as well because what a lot of people do is that they try to be everywhere at the same time and mm -hmm. that doesn't really work it's good yeah. to do a lot of things but at least mm -hmm. you pick one thing that you do consistently exactly mm -hmm. and the rest is bonus somehow. yeah yeah um like i would say that for sure almost diplomatic like the website i would prefer that it would be like the main thing but at this at the same time, I realized that I reached more people with my Instagram account because of the following and also like the algorithm. A lot of people don't like the Instagram algorithm. I have a love-hate relationship with it. But it somehow it also brings more people into the other things that I do. And we have to we have we have to accept the fact that a lot of people are also not as patient. So blog posts are longer, YouTube videos are longer, but if you want to catch attention, you have to be somehow bite-sized and also easier to access. And since a lot of people are using Instagram, some of them more often than Facebook, I am on Instagram more than Facebook, to be honest. So if we think that way, it would be easier to reach the people who are also like me, who are on the, who are on the Instagram platform more often. So you're trying to just catch more eyes into whatever it is that you're doing, a business or a content platform yeah so mm -hmm. let us know some of your tips what has helped you grow mm -hmm. your following is there any recipe you can share with us <laughs> okay so uh when i started two years ago because until now and this is something that we we discussed offline for sure yeah. <laughs> uh we I mean, Almost Diplomatic didn't start out as a business. And until now, it's not a business. It is a passion project. But I am looking forward to maybe turning it into a business someday. So growing that platform, I put so much of myself into that. And at the end of the day, when they say Almost Diplomatic, it is a brand that I cannot take away from my personality because it is me. So I think probably one of the first things that I want to share is, you know, as cheesy as it might sound, it is sincerity. Like people will always smell a fake from a mile away. And at the same time, people will also see if you are sincere with the content that you create and with the content that you are putting out. So another reason why I started uh, Almost Diplomatic is to debunk misconceptions about the life of diplomats, their spouses and expats abroad. And this is something that I am very passionate about because as we both know, it's not all a bed of roses and not all parties in champagne. So I wanted to give a more realistic take and show some of the work that comes with being a diplomatic spouse. So like starting a life from scratch, every move, that's no joke for sure. And also at the end of the day, it's about sharing my authentic experience and managing certain expectations about this life. And since I am very passionate about that, it comes through with the messaging. So people who can relate with that type of content will definitely want to be updated with how you are doing. Mm -hmm. And so for sure, sincerity is the first. And also some of the content that I post is to help expats and diplomats who are new in the place. And since I was in their shoes before, it makes it more realistic and relatable to them. So with that, really sincerity and also in a way authenticity like how authentic is your experience and how relatable it is to them 
That's so, powerful. Yeah. I think that's important <laughs> to insist on that. I love that you started with mm -hmm. that. Nothing sure. would work. No trick can work no. if mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. Uh, being authentic, being yourself. But I also mm -hmm. think that the underline here on top of being authentic, you need to know what is it that you're going to be authentic about? What is your for message sure. about? And I think mm -hmm. you were very clear about okay, who is this platform for? What's the target mm -hmm. audience, the expats, and especially the diplomatic and expats wives? And also that you had a message which was helping adapting um, yeah. on the move. So having that clear helps to get started knowing, okay, what content I'm going to share. Yeah, for okay. sure. And since, um, and then I guess the next one, uh, I could go into mm -hmm. that right away because yeah. they're somehow related. Uh, the next one would be to find your niche. Uh, so the internet is so huge. There's so many people offering different types of information. So you have to see what category do you fit in. Uh, but also at the same time, you have to be, sorry, excuse me. Okay. So at the same time, you have to be flexible about it. So when you think about it, what type of value, uh, can you provide so that people will follow you? So, using almost diplomatic as a as an example maybe i think it's more of an information platform so like i said where it's telling you where to go what to do in your new country of posting and i guess an added value to that is like information is talking about ways how to make the most out of your time abroad and how to look and feel elegant for these events we go to without going over budget so if you think about it that feels pretty broad right but at the same time, if you know the people you are speaking to, so for me, I know that I'm speaking to expat spouses or expats themselves, diplomats and diplomatic spouses who are uh, like me, not like not veterans in this life that we have, then it would be easy to catch their attention. And you have to stick to your lane, I mm. think, because you're speaking to people who are, like who are looking for something specific and you can like me, I can't talk about, let's say sports cars because I don't drive. So that would be very difficult for me to talk about. And people will also lose interest because they are not following you to hear you talk about sports cars. They are following me because they want to hear about how life is in Berlin. What do you do uh, as a diplomatic spouse? If you, if you're, if you're faced with a certain situation. So Finding your niche is also very important, but also do not limit yourself. Like do trial and error, I think, mm. to see what people like with what you do and to see like what type of content you are actually good at and what people will respond to positively. I love that. This is so good. <laughs> no, my nation, for those of you who listen, you know how much I repeat about the importance to focus <laughs> on a niche. So here, if I may add, like drill a little more into what you said, not only mm. you chose a very specific niche in terms of population, but yeah. also in terms of the problem that you're solving. And that's a sure. good question for everyone who's listening. What is the problem you want to solve? And the problem that you're mm -hmm. solving, tell me if I'm wrong, but here's my feeling from watching what you do is, all right, so there's this conception about diplomatic spouse that live a lavish mm -hmm. life, but most of diplomatic spouses actually don't have the means to live the lifestyle and to go to all these balls and all these like very expensive events that you have to be part of because mm -hmm. of the job that require yeah. a whole attire. And so you're mm -hmm. teaching this new generation how to live this lifestyle, but without breaking the bank. And you're teaching all these tips to... to Mm -hmm. the expenses low 
while For still sure, yeah. um but also telling them i know that you're not rich <laughs> oh yeah i mean not ev- and, and you would know as well that of course not everybody is rich but you still have to be able to represent your country well have this really elegant dinner and i like telling people that you know it's possible you don't have to break the bank you don't have to go over budget you you are able to do it as long as you know where to look or how to put things together so that's also something i'm very passionate about and another byproduct of it is i get to promote our culture mm-hmm. through what i do and in a way for us diplomatic spouses it's one of our like unofficial jobs being married to civil servants who are assigned abroad we're here to also represent our country and our culture and in a way almost diplomatic helps out in that I'm Aww. very happy when people get so excited about our national attire especially like let's say I wore this top called the Taterno top usually it's a dress but I turned it into a top and people got so excited about it and I was I felt like I did a, a good job like <laughs> I, I was giving myself a pat on the back like okay that was actually content that I'm very happy about and very proud to share Yeah. So yeah because it, it is a part it is a passion project almost diplomatic and the thing is I'm only learning about how you can actually turn your passion into something that would be profitable for you. I mean I'm excited for us when we go back to the Philippines and maybe register it uh finally and actually do something with it that would be more profitable someday. Yeah. But right now it's a passion project and I'm really happy like building it up. Yeah. and just getting somewhere with it and reaching more people uh especially with the content and basically just helping out and finding new friends uh i'm just happy that i make friends using this uh instagram account and, and it's student mm-hmm. oh so sorry go ahead yeah yeah no please go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no i was yeah. just saying i love that you insist on the fact that yeah. you, you cannot make it a business now because you're in germany but you're sure. waiting to go to the philippines to register the business mm-hmm. but in the meantime you're growing the audience so that you have an audience ready for when you can turn into a business and yes. we'll talk later you or we can maybe even mention it now you already have like a an interest from companies and brands yeah uh, into mm-hmm. your Instagram account. So tell us more about that. How does that work? How are you attracting the brands who are reaching yeah, out to so, you? So the funny thing is I since I never really saw it as something as a business. I got so surprised, well, pleasantly when we were in Malaysia and then I started getting offers to uh from brands so that they could advertise and I would tell them like, "Sorry, I don't do paid advertising because I'm not allowed to work in Malaysia nor and now that we're in Germany, I'm also not allowed to work here. So, but I am willing to help you promote your brand as long as it, you know, it aligns with almost diplomatic as a brand. So, they found me first. Uh I would get some emails and they would uh ask me if I want to review their product and of course I'm perfectly happy as long as it aligns with what I do. Um but lately I also don't mind like pitching to brands or like let's say establishments or businesses if i feel like i can help them promote what they do especially here in germany so i i'm a foodie so i also get invited to promote certain restaurants and i am more than happy to do that for them especially you know if the food is actually something that i could recommend to other expats and diplomats this is also helpful for them because of course before covid diplomats normally need to know where to bring if they have like a delegation or if they need to have like a networking event where they can do this so it speaks to my audience and i am so happy to do that for the businesses that are here in germany as well and it helps me build like the credibility and the amount of content that i have in almost diplomatic because 
uh, like I said, I want to register it. But of course, I want to have like a solid foundation for it before I actually do something with it. And yeah. this is, I see as a preparation time for uh, the brand itself. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're doing a great job. So how Thank did you, you start getting this following? It's, it's a mm -hmm. lot of people, 11,000 people. And yet also, <laughs> I think and the number of following is not, and you said it, I think when we were discussing it, it's not always what matters. So no. that, that is something that I want to insist to you, Nomad Nation. Your number of following is not the most important figure. It, what mm -hmm. matters is the engagement. But For it sure. still speaks to your platform that you have so many followers. Mm -hmm. And that's why the brands are reaching out to you to promote. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so let's start first with the following and then the engagement, if, if, if it's okay for you. Because I think, yeah. uh, so mm -hmm. what has helped attract so many people into okay, your platform? So I think with, so 11,000 is, I think, a good number for the, for the niche that I selected. Because at the end of the day, I don't expect Almost Diplomatic to, you know, be 150 million followers or something. I mean, that would be great if that happens, but I don't expect it that way because of the audience that I chose. It is not like a big number of people, but it is big enough for the, I mean, for the audience that I needed. So, and I have to say that even before I reached 5,000 followers, brands were willing to work with Almost Diplomatic because they see that there is a reason there is a reason why people read what i write and there is a reason why people would actually be open to trying the things that i am sharing about so i would say that following is always like the number of followers that you have that is just a vanity metric uh to be honest i regularly call my number of followers if i have the time let's say i'm on a train when we were out traveling or I'm in a I'm, I'm in a bus or like or just walking around the city I do love scrolling through my phone I would sometimes look through my followers list and if I see a bot if I have the time that I would just um, take them out or block them because if and I would rather have less number of followers but to have real ones who would want to engage and who I could actually share something that is of value to because whatever it is that I write it won't be of value to a bot. And, but of course, you can't stop them from following you and you can't stop them from commenting, oh, this looks yummy on a photo of a book, <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. So you know that they're just fishing for engagement or doing, doing this because they're a bot or trying to increase their number of, let's say, followers or uh, people looking into their account. So at the end of the day, that's that. And for followers to come to your account, it, co it goes back to the type of content that you come up with. Is it valuable to the people? And is it something that they would want to see again? Or would they want to hear from you again? Are you actually posting about something that is of value to the people who you are trying to reach? So yeah. I think that's that for following. And how about, I, I'm thinking about a couple of strategies that I know have been also implementing and I saw you implement, um, Let's, mm -hmm. let's start with the most simple one right now to take it out of the way is yeah. the hashtags because a lot of people yes. think that the secret isn't the hashtags. So mm -hmm. what is your take on that? Well, I think hashtags still work, but they are not the only thing that you should depend on. I use hashtags a lot. I would, I would actually use 30, which is the maximum 
And the thing is, I think a lot of people use it wrong when they just try to go for the hashtags that have like 50 million posts or something. So what I do is I try to use hashtags from a similar vein. So let's say it's a food, uh, it's a picture of a food. So uh, instead of just putting hashtag food, I would try and use something that is less used. So maybe food in Berlin or food or Berlin food, which has less number of posts. Because if you just go for the really big ones, let's say hashtag travel, like in a few seconds, you are all the way down Mm -hmm. on the explore page. Nobody would really see it. So I think hashtags are still okay, but it's not the only thing that you should depend on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for me. I don't know if you agree, but I try to look for hashtags around five thousand to yes, and fifteen thousand. That would be um, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I would recommend, nomination, is that you do your research before you start posting. Spend mm-hmm. half an hour researching your main hashtags related to mm-hmm. the audience, and look at the number of followers for each hashtag, and yes. try to keep it in the small niche. That's what I, I have it um, mm-hmm. like, and I copy it in my notes, and I copy past mm-hmm. it for the general one like one batch of hashtags general let's say 15 Mm -hmm. that you use regularly and then another 15 they're specific to the topic that you're posting but that requires a little bit of research to make sure that you look at what are the hashtags are not too popular but enough to Mm -hmm. have people following Definitely. But an easy, another easy way to do this would be as you're typing your caption on Instagram, let's say you're adding more hashtags to the usual things that you use. Let's say you want to type hashtag travel and you want a travel related hashtag. So when you type hashtag travel and then you see that there's going to be like a drop down menu and then there's other hashtags are going to be there. So you can just scroll and see which hashtag has a lesser number of posts under that hashtag. And as long as it still is related to the photo that you are using, then of course, by all means, go for that. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So the hashtag is good. Uh, not the main strategy, but quick mm-hmm. tips about that. I think yeah. the second that we have to talk about is the importance of engaging. A lot of people for just sure. post something and leave and wait for people to engage with their posts. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I think if you want to be on Instagram, you need to be the one active on other people's accounts too and creating those yeah. relationships. So can you give us some some yeah. insights on that? So for me, so before I used to be a lot more engaging when I was starting out on Instagram because it, as I said, it was a personal social media account back in the day. And lately, I think in the last couple of years, I've been a bit more I would post and then leave. And that was such a bad thing to do. This was during the time when the number of my followers, uh, they were like plateauing and uh, I don't really get much uh, people commenting or liking the, the posts. So I realized like I must have been doing something wrong. And after that, I decided to get back into Instagram because as I said, I do have a love-hate relationship with it. Every now and then I would get a burnout. Uh, and especially when I'm busy, it's hard for me to keep track of everything uh, on my Instagram. So lately, uh, I decided to post and stay online for a little bit longer, maybe wait for people to comment and then just reply to them. Because the more people engage with your content and you reply to them, the more Instagram boosts it up in the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit difficult. Uh, You're fighting with a lot of other accounts trying to get a space on someone's timeline. Mm -hmm. So the more you engage with this, with a certain account, the more, the more chances of their followers finding you 
or you know them having more of like a desire to engage with you further because at the end of the day at the end of the day it is a social media platform you have to be social and yeah i admit that i do get burned out sometimes mm-hmm. because especially like as you know i try to reply to every message and i try mm-hmm. to reply to every comment it takes a lot of time and effort. It takes a lot of work. And I, I do admit sometimes I feel like I have carpal tunnel <laughs> because of replying, but I really do feel that you have to do that. Uh, that's something that I would do. Uh, and I think, when was this? I think two months ago, two, three months ago, I realized that I don't see as much content from the other diplomatic spouses that I follow on Instagram. And this is why I started uh, like a small group, which you're also in. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I said, I wanted to be able to see the content that my fellow diplomatic spouses are posting so that I could engage with it. Because the more accounts engage with the content of my fellow diplomatic spouses, the more it also boosts their account and this in a way is also like collaboration so that's why i i have this little group of us diplomatic spouses around like 10 of us wherein we can you know tell everyone like hey so i just posted a con i just posted a piece of content if you guys are interested to like it or comment then feel free but it's not like it's uh, a required kind of thing it's just that you know you can drop something there because it is a group of women who are interested in the content that these other women are also posting because Basically, we're all in the same boat. So in a way, I think that also worked for all of us who are in that group because we are reaching people who are interested in the same topics. Like the people who follow Tandem Nomads would probably be interested in the content Almost Diplomatic comes out and all the other ladies who are in in our group, like GloberWeb, who is posting about activities that you can do as an expat or like the other ladies that we have there. So shout shout out to Tanya. (laughs) Shout out to Tanya and all our other lady friends. So some of them are also bloggers. So I think it makes sense to actually like just engage with each other to boost each other up. Because actually one of the things that I want to mention as a tip is to actually form genuine connections with Mm -hmm. the people that are following you as much as you can, especially if the following that your Instagram account is still not as big and still not as hard to manage, let's say, as someone with 50,000 followers who probably, they probably get like a ton of messages. And as you grow, it would be very difficult to reply to everyone, but do try and do try to make genuine connections with them because personally, when I started Almost Diplomatic, I also wanted to make friends Mm -hmm. because I felt alone when I was in Kuala Lumpur. I didn't know anybody aside from my husband and the people that he works with in our embassy. So I wanted to meet more people. And that was such a great way to do it, like having your social media work for you. So having genuine connections also really boosts your account. And even with like strangers that you, you meet, you meet like quote unquote meet online, they could actually help grow your account. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I love that tip of organizing a group, a chat. It's, it's a messenger group inside Instagram yeah. and you yeah. just post a link of your post. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's another one That's if it. we want to, yeah. and there's another group you created for when we want to talk to each other so that we don't confuse yeah. and, and get lost. Just so we don't confuse it. Yeah. I love that. For sure. So Nomad Nation, I would think yeah. this is something that you could do with a group of friends who are in the same sphere as you and organize mm-hmm. this chat and just support each other that way. I love that. Another thing, yeah. I don't know if you do that, but 
I try to be on Instagram before I post and try to engage with other mm. people's content before I post. Yeah. And yes. then I post and then I stay a little longer to answer because mm. the quicker you answer, the more the algorithm will um, Brings you. will pick that up. So yeah. uh, that's also another tip. So as we can see here, there's no magic trick. And I yes. know that some people will offer you to pay mm -hmm. to boost your followers, but that will be just another artificial. You don't yeah. want to have fake followers in your account because that will drop dramatically the engagement on your mm -hmm. platform. And so don't do that. No matter how do you, how do you discourage that? Organic mm -hmm. reach is the most important and it requires sure. work and patience. And I think that's mm -hmm. the... The, the big thing here. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work. Instagram is, I have to say, not easy. It takes so much time to, you know, take a photo, think about what you're going to write with it, because of course you want to provide value, make sure that your photo looks great because that's the way you will catch their attention and, you know, try to engage. That takes so much work. Sometimes you would spend like on just one photo, one post, it would take like an hour or two uh, just to get everything out there and done with it. And yeah, to get more people to engage with your content, that also takes a lot of work. And for that small group that we have, another advice that I, I want to give out there is not to make the group too big. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very difficult to keep up with everyone. And also um, another thing is to make sure that you are in the same uh, sphere niche. or you are in the same niche. Because I mean, some people would find that they, they think that it won't help them out, you know, just because you're commenting on their, other people or liking them. But social media is not like, it's not a solo journey. Another tip that I wanted to give was to collaborate. And collaboration is such a surefire way to bring more eyes into the content that you do to get more followers, to get more people engaging in your content. Because if you collaborate with the right people, with the like the people who can enrich the content that you make, the way that you can, you know, make their content enriching as well, then these fruitful collaborations would lead to more people engaging with what you do. So that's also something that I think is very important. It's not a solo journey. It's a journey that you can take with other people. That's so. amazing. I love that you <laughs> say that. Yeah. So we, you, you, you touched upon the importance of having good pictures. I kind of want to mm -hmm. share it depends on the level of following we want. If you want mm -hmm. to grow your following on Instagram, I think it's really important to work on good pictures, but I also don't want it to discourage. I always say to my clients, you can also put simple pictures. You don't have to have mm -hmm. perfect Instagram yeah. pictures because I realized that the followers also want real life images. If, if it's mm -hmm. like fake images and too perfect, it's also not, not really good. But you have that good balance of making it very good looking and very aesthetic while being approachable and natural so mm -hmm. any maybe more like practical or technical tips on how do you mm -hmm. uh create a pictures first of all that are branded that mm -hmm. look very similar but also yeah. you know what are, how do you create such good quality pictures and images okay. So for me, I always like taking photos that, of course, still feel real. Uh, it's not superposed. Of course, there will be things that were in. It looks like like it was a photo shoot or something. But usually, it's just a white wall <laughs> in our <laughs> apartment. Uh, but at the end of the day, making it look aesthetic has something to do with the colors. So 
from a more like digital uh, way of speaking, I would download certain apps that would make your photos uh, look similar. And I think the easiest way to do that would be to download Lightroom for mobile. It's a free app. You could always get that with your, I think iPhone and Android both have it for free. And either you create your own preset for the adjustment of colors for your photos, or you buy a preset from one of the you know, the artists or the creators out there on the internet who sell their presets. Mm -hmm. So normally it's just pretty cheap, like maybe 10 pounds or 15 euros. Like I've seen people, uh, I've seen people doing that. Personally, my, uh, my, the colors that I use, I actually got them from another creator who I sort of uh, became friends with online, uh, Kelsey in London. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Kelsey. She's also very helpful about growing your Instagram. And she creates these presets because she, I admit she is more creative, of course, because she is from a graphic design background. I do not have a graphic design background. And some people get surprised with that, but they think that it's all me. But I always say that, you know, these presets I actually got from another person who is selling their, selling their presets. And, you know, supporting other businesses is always like a great way to go. So I got her presets uh, that she was advertising and somehow it worked for the look and feel of my brand. So just look for somebody who's selling the presets that would speak uh, to your audience in a way that matches your brand. Don't just buy some random person's presets just, you think, just because you think that their photos would look great. You have to find presets that would match you and your yeah, brand. Exactly. So, or you could make your own if you're creative or if you have a graphic design background or if you find that your own presets are, look great on their own, then perfect. That's great. And another thing that I got into uh, when it comes to aesthetic is I like posting quotes and also information uh, as text on the photo. So to create that, I have... I have an account on Canva. Mm -hmm. So that is also, that can be a free resource or you can also pay for their monthly membership so that you can use their pro features. So I like creating quotes and I think that they are very engaging when it comes to, uh, when it comes to trying to get the attention of your audience. And especially if you put like a caption that they can relate to. So that can also help bring up your engagement. So don't really stress so much about the photos, especially if that is not something that you consider your strength. Just focus on what you think you're good at mm -hmm. and it will follow. Uh, exactly. A lot of the other things that you can uh, improve on, you can also watch YouTube videos for, especially for like taking better photos or <laughs> editing your photos better. They are all available on the internet. Yeah. So that's also it's, something. It's very yeah. easy. Yeah. I will put the links on the show notes of this episode of the resources you mentioned. Again, okay. like making friends on the internet is actually <laughs> something that you could also get into. Of course, you have to be careful, but it's nice to find people that you can actually connect to. And yeah. Yeah, I think Kelsey's content connects with me the way Tandem Nomad's content connects with me and all the other diplomatic spouses that I follow and engage with. So it feels like I'm just hanging out and commenting on friends' posts. But at the end of the day, that's also boosting us up in the algorithm. 
I think if there's one secret is this one, is that if you want to grow your engagement, you need to engage with other people. It's as simple For as that. Sure. So it's, one, it's as simple as that. Exactly. And the last thing that you already mentioned, but I want to insist on it, is consistency. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how yeah. often do you post? Okay, so... When it comes to consistency, it doesn't just mean about how often you do it, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, so you have to be consistent in posting, but also with the message that you post. So that. the kind of content that you come up with. And I'm a firm believer of all killer, no filler. <laughs> so especially on the feed. So on the feed, I'd rather not post today if I don't have something that I think is worth it for the feed i could i always i make sure to post every day on stories uh to make sure i engage with people i would probably post a poll and ask my ask my followers like how they're feeling today or how do they feel about this hair because like yesterday i woke up with really bad hair and i said do you want to see how i would fix this and some of them a lot of them said yes actually so then that also gives you an idea for upcoming content that's so instagram stories that's through Instagram stories. Yeah. Instagram stories, I post every day. Uh, but for the feed, I would make sure that it is something that is worth uh, that space. So it is more valuable real estate. And I would prefer that I post something that is engaging and something that would get more attention compared to, let's say, posting something that, okay, uh, I don't have anything today, but let me just post this random photo and this with this random caption that doesn't really provide any yeah. value to the people who follow me. So what happens is nobody, like, nobody would engage with it or not a lot of people would like it. So then it brings down your engagement uh, rate. So that, that doesn't really uh, do well for you. So at the end of the day, even engagement rate is, a, is just like some vanity metric as well, if you think about it. But I think it is more important than the number of your followers. Yeah. And how long did it take you to start seeing like a bump mm-hmm. into the numbers? A bump into the numbers? Like after I started doing this? Hmm. So I think when I moved to Berlin, that was in 2017. I think I started focusing more on Instagram around 20. 18 late 2018 and I think I grew but I grew my Instagram by more than half of the number and by doing I think that's a little over a year I think or almost two years still it doesn't it's not an overnight thing definitely Mm -hmm. but at least like you you gain more traction I think Mm -hmm. and the results you know the moment you start posting something that is of value i and you're consistent with it, you know, I'd give it like a week or two and then you probably see, it might not be like, you know, a big difference, like 50,000 people more, but at the end of the day, if it's a little, if it's a bump that was bigger than last year's bump, then, you know, you're, you know, you're doing well. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for these great tips and we can continue for hours, but we, we covered a lot already. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Mm. I think I just want to really stress on how your social media is actually something that you can use to make genuine connections. So since we started like our little group of diplomatic spouses, I've met new friends, you included. (laughs) And I, yeah, and I think it really makes life easier. So of course it, it always goes back to how almost diplomatic was started to 
be of help to others and also to help me cope in a new city that I am in to get to know the city better and to get to know the people, help me adjust faster. And it always goes back to that. And I feel like having Almost Diplomatic with me has given me an easier way and a bigger platform to reach more people and make friends with them. So if you have this genuine interest with other people, especially with the way you engage with them, people will feel that and they would be more than willing to return the engagement back and have like a genuine interest in what you do. Because I see people who implement like this engagement strategy by commenting on others' posts and it just feels like you you look at their comment and then you're like, did you even read what I said? Because exactly. sometimes people do that. And of course, people would feel that, okay, that's just some other person who's trying to fish for engagement. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who's very genuine, who just have like this genuine interest for other people, it always comes through. And that is also something that I like sharing to people who ask me about networking, because this is also something that we do a lot as diplomatic spouses. And for me, it all boils down to having genuine interest with other people to be more social and to have engagement. So everything like else in real follows. Life. Like yeah. Instagram is like real life. It's just yes. the same. Yep. It's real life, but it's just on your phone. So, you know, try to keep it as authentic and as easy as possible if you can. So yeah. if you are who you, if you are on Instagram, who you really are in real life, half of the stress would be gone yeah Yeah. i love that goes back to sincerity (laughs) yeah that stress will be gone if you're just yourself i love that that's a wonderful way to end (laughs) and how can we find you where's the best places to find you and see that and hear that connection with you Oh, please, please. I'm on almost diplomat at almost diplomatic on Instagram. Uh, If you message me, I will. Sometimes it takes a while, but I do reply uh, (laughs) as my friends on Instagram know. Uh, I love posting about, you know, life as a diplomatic spouse, living in Berlin and things that I really find interesting. So, yeah. Hope to see you guys there. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I love what you're putting out there. So thank you so much for your great work and sharing your great tips here. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, love. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. So Nomad Nation, I hope that you really got a lot of insights from here and that you understood Mm -hmm. the main message. There's no secrets, but I hope that the little tips we shared with you here will help you get started. Let us know in the comments what is your experience and what what were your biggest insights. And I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.